G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and this week I am joined by Tommy Wyman. How are you mate? Good thanks, how are you Hef? Not too bad, haven't seen you for a few weeks. What have you been no, up to? Uh, watching footy. Yeah. Come down the hill for this so it's good. Yeah, that's alright. Uh, living up at Victor Harbour Victor these days. Harbour, yeah. yeah yep. Comes all the way to Adelaide for this podcast. Yeah, it's worth Dedication. It. It's worth it. Loves it. <laughs> ah, good to see. Uh, how's your uh, fantasy teams going at the moment? Absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, um, what's, what's yeah, no, issue? not good. Um, started a new job and it's it's been hard to invest time into it this year. But but no, nah, they, they sound like excuses to me. Mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but they're pretty good excuses. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, nah, but uh, pretty poor year. But it's still um it's still great to be involved in it. Yeah. Who's been your hero so far this year? Oh, I haven't had many, but yeah. I, I have really enjoyed like, and it's just what I enjoy about footy the most. Probably I have really enjoyed looking at like Sheasel, like and those guys, the guys that are just coming in as dominating straight away um, like Ashcroft and all that um, and I think we'll see a few more um, over the sort of second half of the season now but I just yeah that's my favourite part about it seeing those guys just dominate straight away well, the rookies are your bag are you still yeah. writing for the rookie me central side no or? not not so much keeping track of them and champs come up next month so yep, that'll be interesting sure. yep. always got my finger on the pulse um, with the with the champs and whatnot. but yep. um, doing a bit for the sample so watching a a lot of 16s games, yeah, a lot cool, of, cool, of cool. under 16s. So Might they're still to, a couple um, of years away from even being drafted, but it's good to watch yeah. them. You know, you, you know, there's some guys putting up ridiculous numbers in that. So Yeah, yeah we're not, nice. There always isn't a sample in the oh. uh, under 16s and the Colts mm. and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, no, interesting to hear. Um, might have to have you on uh, after the um, after the carnival and yep. just have a Absolutely, bit of mate. a chat of some people to think about. Not like you can really draft them ahead of time once before they're in the game. But, uh, yeah, I think our listeners would definitely be interested to start planning for uh, next year, although we've had a lot of them in the media recently, well, mm. one in particular that a lot of people are talking about. But Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we sort of know who's going to be picked one. Um, Harley Reid's unbelievable, but yep. um, apart from him, there's plenty of talent there. They, they just beat um, Carlton's VFL side as an academy. <laughs> Saw that, yeah. So, you know, whether that says more about them or Carlton's <laughs> VFL side, I don't know, but um, there's definitely a lot of talent there. So, um, yeah, it'll be good as it always is. All right, we'll get stuck into the show in a second. We'll actually talk about the present and not the future. But uh, before we do that, we'll just mention that this show is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy football. If you haven't played it before, uh, you open digital packs and get cards to make your team instead of selecting players from a pool. And different types of cards have different scoring powers. You can get up to 1.5 times multipliers. Uh, that's if you get a legend card, that is. Um, but yeah, you get free packs each week for just for logging in and uh, you can also buy cards and packs from the uh, transfer market or buy packs and open them uh, yeah I open a few packs on a live stream on a, on a Wednesday night you've been watching those still? they're always good they're, I find them enjoyable Have you, yep. you know I, I've, I grew up in uh, when I was in the in the middle school and I loved the I got got hit, hinged on the um, the FIFA phase when yeah, the oh yeah, I'm World still, Cup I'm Brazil still World it. Cup <laughs> and so yeah I do love the pack openings yeah. and all that but um, yeah it's always good fun to watch for, if anyone hasn't been tuning in for the last few weeks I've actually been giving away uh, five free packs on the live stream so yeah if you haven't um, they're common packs as well so like they're good for your capped leagues which a lot mm. of people play in as well so you get your silvers and your golds that you can play there so if you haven't jumped on a stream yet you have to be kind of watching to win it um, but I spin a wheel on that and the uh, the winner gets the uh, the five packs so make sure you're checking that out uh, each week um, getting some good numbers on those streams as well on a Wednesday night uh, we did mention last week it interferes with hat chats uh, live stream as well <laughs> but I've oh, had a healthy competition never really hurt you can have two going at once anyway um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, it's fun, it's free, it's easy, Game Day Squad. Uh, head to gamedaysquad.com.au and get your team sorted out. All right, we're going to get stuck into the most relevant names of the week. Uh, I don't know, oh, okay, we're going to go in game by game order. That's why I've got Scott Lyson at the top of the list. I was wondering why that was happening. Um, yeah, most relevant Keeper League name. Scott Lysett was back this week. Scored 83 points. Absolutely killed Finlayson's scoring. What do you think uh, going forward? Do you think Lysett's still the number one ruck? Or? Yeah, I, I think I think he'd definitely be number one ruck um, for the time being, um, at least. Whether they want to look at someone in the draft, maybe. Um, I think that is an area they could look to address. Um, but for now, yeah, Lysett's, um he's the best ruckman on their list. Yeah, I do agree in terms of pure 
tap, mm. but probably not in terms of mobility. I think the one saving grace maybe for Finlayson, and this is, could be interesting, that we're expected to get Lysett, uh, sorry, expected to get Dixon and expected to get Marshall back this week. There's always that chance we just roll with Finlayson in the ruck, so um, like we did last year. So wait and see what happens there. Uh, he certainly gives you more um, at, at ground level. Yeah, definitely, exactly. So. Um, and he's he's a he's a much better athlete, but um, you know, it just moves better. But still, Lysett, yeah, he's um he's a better tap ruckman. Yeah, that's for sure. Monitor to see what happens there. I do think Lysett will be in, but uh, a lot of people out there asking me about him. When's he coming back? So I think a lot of people invested a bit of stock in him this year. So a very relevant uh, name for coaches this year. Another player really warming to, uh, especially after his first few games of his career. But Dylan Williams has come on this year, reinvented himself as a halfback flanker after being a very, very slow small forward kind of half forward uh, before this year had 82 points and he's actually put up a couple good scores in a row now um, he's got a good role for fantasy cross half back takes a few kick-ins I don't see him going anywhere do you no I reckon he's pretty set in this lineup to be honest yeah. Um yeah, like you said, when he was coming onto the scene, um, I remember he's one of the. He was talked about as maybe a top five draft pick in his early in his draft year, uh, but then sort of faded towards the end and um, and was always more of a forward, really um, sort of creative, um, mercurial forward. Um, but it looks like he's really found his spot across half back. It looks really good down there. Yeah, no, I'm liking him, and uh, he's being trusted with a few kick ins and stuff like that. So it's probably yeah, he's a nice kick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's always been a good good user. Yeah. Um, but now it's sort of being used in the back half, which I think is benefiting Port as well. Well, Port just have so many halfback flankers. That's the thing. But um, actually, yeah, one thing to note, I think, as well, they come up against Richmond this week, which quite a few halfbacks uh, for Essendon scored pretty well last week. So Dylan Williams could be up for another good score this week if I'd, that trend kind of continues. I didn't mind them using Burton up the ground a bit as yeah. well in a different role. Yeah, yeah. I thought he crashed and packs, did his job really well. Yeah. Um, He's so done that a few times now. Yeah. Because he did kind of play as a forward as did. a junior, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. did. It was the same as Williams, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Played a lot of juniors as a um, sort of a third tall forward. Yeah. Um, where he could, you know, um, take some big marks and whatnot. But, um, yeah, he's just always played sort of back line for, um, for the Hawks and then and then Port. But I don't mind him when he goes forward. No, I don't mind him at all either. Yeah, um, not a bad not a bad white play there. Should get forward status if he keeps that up for a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, I think at the moment probably hasn't started there enough. But anyway, um, there wasn't a lot of Melbourne players to talk about. So we'll move on to the North Melbourne-Sydney game. Did you see this one? Uh, I didn't. I saw the last two minutes, and that was all I needed to say. I reckon, but um, I just watched a bit of highlights of Wardlaw, and that was it. Uh, it put out the tweet: um, "The universe really seems to hate North Melbourne." Yeah. So you think like it's just it's such a like it's such a North Melbourne thing to happen. Oh, like, no. I know. I don't know. Because like I guess like they, you can kind of have an extra couple interchanges for injured players. And he's coming off with cramp and. I don't know. It's like, a bit of a mess, and yeah. it's a bit. It's a. It's quite technical, actually. To you get, get warnings for the six six. Yeah. Don't you get a warning for the, oh, the subs? And the know. penalty. Yeah, like, it's just. It's pretty. Yeah, big it's penalty. pretty harsh. It should be a free kick from it's, the center or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. freaking fifty, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So put oh, him on the goal line. Wow, well, yeah, it's ridiculous. Just, and it, you know, it's unlucky that it happened to be. You know, so late in the game with that sort of margin. Yeah. Like, like, that's the side of the game, really. Exactly, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just weird seeing a game decided by the umpire putting his finger to his ear to listen to his earpiece and, yep. yeah, just yeah, plucked it out It doesn't feel right, really, nah, does it? doesn't. They need Especially because they played really well in such a tough yeah. week for them. Need to think about that rule, I think, or the punishment for that rule. It should be maybe like a, a big fine for the club or something like mm. that, but something that doesn't affect them on the field, maybe. Maybe a 10 grand fine for the club, yep. second time, 50,000 or something no, like I, that. No, I but, agree. Yeah, that yeah. win would have been huge yeah. if they had a... Exactly. Yeah, given, it. given the you know caretaker coach situation and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, Bailey Scott in this game, 121 points. He's put up back-to-back good scores. I can't really put my finger on why this was, you know, this bump has happened. I guess there was a lot of injuries last week, which meant three players went out, but they obviously replaced them this week. I know maybe just got involved more with those outs, but um, yeah, it just seemed to be everywhere running up and down that wing. Um, I think he kicked a goal as well in this game, so... Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I think I remember that as well. So, Bailey Scott, um, yeah, as a wingman, I don't know. Like, he's not one that I love in that role, mm. but he's done it two weeks in a row. So, we've got to start taking notice, don't you think? It almost seems like he's not, like, great at any one specific area of his yeah. game, but he's reasonably good at most things. Uh, one of those sort of uh, – vanilla's a bit harsh probably, but he sort of seems to be decent at a lot of things. Um, and, yeah, that's a big score. Yeah, good underage score though. 
Bailey Scott. Yeah, really good, really <laughs> good junior scorer because he was sort of um, quite well developed and yeah. played a good role. So yeah, he did score well as a junior. Uh, Callum Coleman Jones also had a good game, kicked a few goals in this one. Um, hundred five points. He was up forward and then in the ruck a bit as well. He kicked nine in the VFL last week, but I think um, you'd probably want to see him score a hundred again before you even consider him. I think. Yeah, it was really good to see him start the game pretty well. He took a couple of good marks early, and I think that I think he's a real confidence player. Um, and that was that was awesome to see him do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has shown glimpses before, but we've never seen it come together consistently. Yeah. Hopefully, um, this is a bit of a turning point for him. Someone's got to take that ruck position off Goldstein next year. They think it's going to be Cherry, but doesn't seem to ever be able to get his right, body right. Yeah, what I like Combin, um, but obviously he's gone down with a pretty serious yeah, injury. Yeah, everyone's um, injured. But um, yeah, well, there's, there's a spot there for him if he can take it, but um, it's up to him, really. Yeah. Uh, here we go. The one you want to talk about. George Wardlaw, 82 points. What did you make of his game? Yeah, it was great. Really, really good. Um, you know, I think the the collision with, I think it was Parker, perhaps. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I remember it. He was here. I can't remember specifically who it was, yeah, but it was hard. <laughs> it, was, it was a hard hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, both players are right, but it's a big hit, and it sort of typifies the way he plays. Um, you know, he's so hard at the ball. He, he's, he throws himself at the ball. He really does. It's not the biggest bloke going around, but, um, you know, I, I think he should, he should be a mainstay of this north midfield for, for a long time. Um, and unless he's injured, I, I don't think he should play another VFL game this year. Um, he looked really good. Um, scored 82 points. He wasn't a massive, probably wasn't a massive scorer as a junior. Um, certainly scored well, but wasn't, wasn't um, you know, wasn't quite at the level of someone like Ashcroft. But um, 82 points is a, obviously a great, great return on debut. Um, don't expect maybe that every week. Um but if he can, you know, if he can continue to um, earn his midfield minutes in that side, you know, I think we can aver- we can expect a, a decent average. To um, and then uh, I think hopefully we can he can turn into a maybe a, a ninety average or something by the end of in a couple of years' time. Yeah, but I don't know huge. if he's going to be a massive. Yeah, it wasn't massive. Huge. He doesn't quite play that. You know that really um, fantasy. Game. You know, yeah. it doesn't. But his impact per possession is is great. Yeah, would you feel comfortable starting him on field though in your draft leagues at least? Um. Yeah, possibly. Um, but you know, I hope he can develop more of it. I hope he can sort of win more outside ball because I think that's really where his um, his more points are going to come from for him um, because his inside game's awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, moving on to some Sydney players. Uh, Robbie Fox here, ninety six points. Um, he does this from time to time when he doesn't have to play on the kind of you know the key forward doesn't have to play that key back role. Um, I think he's worth owning if you have a deep list. But again, like he's going to be a roller coaster, so not one we really have to go into in huge detail. Um, Lachlan McAndrew had sixty six points. He could be the number one option for a bit because we saw Ladham go down. I think Hickey's re-injured himself. I'm not sure this what this means for his fantasy output, but. Um, He's someone you could pick up if you need a ruck. Also, I guess on the back of that too, Hayden McLean kind of shares the number two role when a few of the other ruckmen are out type things. So I think given Lachlan McAndrews kind of being a bit green, they might up the responsibility on Hayden McLean a bit as well. So yeah, I think he's probably think one so. to actually just yeah. have a look at as a forward if you maybe cheeky one off the waivers or something like that because, yeah, he could um, he could put up a few good numbers. What do you yeah, reckon? I quite like McLean um, actually as a player. I think he's, he's pretty good. And, you know, when he's when he's been up forward, he's been able to kick goals and I, I think he kicked the goal that actually won it for Sydney. But, um, you know, um, I, yeah, I do like him, but whether he's, um, you know, I don't know what his scoring is going to look like now that he's going to get more, probably, yeah, more, probably more ruck time. Um, but it'd be interesting to see yeah for sure um all right we'll move on to the next game i'm sure you can't wait to talk about the crows performance on the weekend oh, it's probably not, the first real quite. disappointing display we've seen from them yeah, I, was, it was. I was talking them up on the group chat the week mm. prior saying like you know my mate was saying i think pugs has been on the show before he was saying that um the younger teams are going to tie soon and i just said i don't think the crows are one of those teams that are going to tie i think they're up you know They've been competitive in their losses and things like that, and then they serve up this trash for me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, yeah, it's probably like you said, it's the first game that they were never really in. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know the decision, dogs are a good side. Dogs are yeah. really good, and you know finals aren't played at Ballarat, but yeah, um, yeah still disappointing. No excuses, still disappointing. Um, they did really miss Tex. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just aligns everything. Yeah. Um, whether, he wouldn't have won them the game. Um, they didn't play well enough for that. Maybe if we got smashed. But yeah, um, but yeah it just sort of uh, highlights the fact that I don't think it's not as far from a finished product um, as well of they as well of those as they've played. Um, I don't think the midfield. Progress. I don't think the midfield's finished at all. Um, yeah. No, absolutely so, not. Yeah, but but you know, 
um, if you were to tell me that they'd only be sort of out of one game this year at the start, then yeah, sitting I'd, in the eight I'd now take that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, still sitting in the eight. Um, all right, we're getting some players from this one. Bailey Williams, hundred points. He does it again. Yeah, he, he was had awesome. some monster scores. So I think I'm gonna have to make him too good for the podcast. Was he just playing that wing role again? Yeah, and, and pushing forward. Yeah, kicks um, goals. Yeah. yeah, he really can kick a goal. Um, yep. Yeah, it was awesome for him. He tore us up absolutely. Yeah, Dossie will be happy just given his scoring output over the last month. He's probably on everyone's list so there's no point talking about him here anymore because he's been picked up everywhere so Bailey Williams grab him if he's still available on your waiver wire that's for sure uh, Paddy Parnell I want to know about him so 77 points um, can you describe his game for us yeah he's probably probably wasn't the worst um, worst crow out there yeah um, he had, I think he had 16 touches um, and 13 of them were kicks and that's really what the crows want from him um, his foot skills is what gets him into the game it gets him a game um, he's not tall at all and um you know, he doesn't get the, the best opposition forward, but um, he's a real kicker off half-back. And, you know, job security is probably his issue, um, especially with Duday still to come back in the side. But, um, you know, he found plenty of it against the Saints last week too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, he can't find the ball. Yeah, back-to-back consistent um, performances in terms of fantasy. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how he goes out, plays out, you know, long-term. Was he a mid-season draft pick? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he right. was. He was, um, yeah, and still is quite young, quite small, yeah, quite yeah. slight. Um, it's pretty obvious when you see him play, yeah, yeah. but um, I think he'll always be that type. And um, but it doesn't seem to phase him, to be honest. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Either. He seems to, and like in his early early games last year, his first few games, like being in the classic format, he was pretty serviceable for us there. So he's shown his that fantasy game in the past. Hopefully, he can just maintain some consistent scoring and keep that you know job security going. Really, um, we'll move on to the Frio Geelong game. I didn't actually see a lot of this game, but uh, good performance by Frio to knock off the reigning premiers, who are really up and down at the moment. Yeah, but, well, um, injuries obviously don't yeah, help, of course, but still, yeah. still got on Frio for, for, yeah. for getting the win there. Yeah, I think they make their fans a bit happier over the way they performed at the start of this year. But anyway, uh, Lockie Schultz... Um, Another one that we love on this podcast, just purely because we get to talk him out of the time, because he's never going to get to that level where he's too good to be spoken about here. But yeah, he had 114 points, eight tackles, eight marks and a goal. Also scored 90 last week, and he's averaging 70 for the season with some good scores thrown in there. Um, probably one of his better fantasy scoring seasons, but yeah, he's just a player who will likely throw up a 50 next week, that's all. Yeah, it's consistency. I actually really like him as a player. Yeah, same. Fantasy-wise, yeah, it's just consistency for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bailey Banfield, uh, 89 points. It's probably just good to see him get a bit more of a consistent run and being used on, as a sub less and things like that. But yeah, he had 89 points, um, 20 touches, 15 kicks, five handballs, eight marks and a goal. Not a bad stat line. Um, but yeah, probably just more of a tip of the cap for now. But maybe take notice if he puts up another good score. Yeah, I mean, he's been used in different roles in the past, probably as a tagger and whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah. Sits up it, forward now. Yeah, it, it's sort of as a yeah decoy forward sort of thing. Um, but eight marks is a really good return for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in a game where they won, so it probably explains a bit. Um, moving on to the Cats, the only one really to, worth mentioning here is Tanner Brune. Um, he's getting a decent run in the midfield, but apparently had a lot of turnovers in this game as well. But scored 93. Does this continue when the likes of Dangerfield return? Well, well, I don't think it does. Yeah. It's a pretty, um, you know, it just doesn't when um, Dangerfield and, and some of the other guys returned as well. Um, I think he started really well in this game. I didn't watch a heap of it. Yeah. I think he started really well, but then um, dropped off a bit. I think he, had, he might have had like 11 touches really early in maybe the first quarter. And then I think he finished with 19. So we did slow. Uh, but 93 is a great result from him. And, um, you know, but unfortunately, I just don't think it continues when danger returns. Nah, definitely long term though. Once those kind of guys retire and drop off, he's the next guy in there. Um, but yeah, it just might be a bit inconsistent this season. Um, Darcy Wilmot moving on to the Q clash. Uh, Darcy Wilmot had 74 points. Um, this is the best score of the season. That back line is decimated in terms of re- Defenders, we got Rich out at the moment. Uh, Kadeen Coleman went down again in this game, so he's kind of like the last man standing there. I think Rich is only one or two away, so that might eat away him at the moment. But I oh know. Do you have faith for Darcy Wilmot in the future? Yeah, well, I think Brisbane have faith in him because they've they've um, they've played him. I think every game this year. Yeah, he's been on um, the, between the wing and halfback flank, really. Yeah, so I think Fagan really likes him, um, and he played him in the finals last year. So yeah, there's obviously that. trust there. Um, so he's the future that um, you know Rich wouldn't have too many years left in him. Um, so he's the future that backline or sort of yeah can play wing as well. Um, but yeah, uh, you know whether he scores that well when um, the guys you spoke about come back, probably not. But um, yeah, for the future, for sure. We'll move on to one of your rookies that you love talking about, and that's for in the Gold Coast Suns. That's Bailey Humphreys. Humphrey? Is it Humphreys? Humphrey. Humphrey. Um, 90 points. What's the? He had a big score last week as well. What's the turnaround here? What's the difference? I think he's just been 
given a, a good run at it. Like yeah. he hasn't been dropped after you know one or two games like yeah. Gold Coast have had done in the past. Um, Stewie Jews obviously shown a bit of faith in him, um, but he, he really provides him with something different. Um, he's got a bit of X factor about him, bit of, bit of explosiveness, um, which really complements Rowland Anderson, and he's really what they need. Um, has been a good scorer as a junior and, and 90 points is a really good return from him but that, getting that um, sort of consistent run in the side really benefited him as well um, obviously can play half forward and whatnot, but I think um, he's a midfielder in the long term yeah nah going alright at the moment and uh, yeah like I said you, yeah, you're probably right they're just actually trusting him and giving him mm. a bit of a crack a few more CBA is not a heap, but a few more, bit of midfield time. But it's just his confidence, I think, has grown on the back of just being trusted. So, yeah, going all right at the moment. Um, a guy, I am, I don't know, like I, I picked up the rat, Rory Atkins, that is, in our mid-season draft. Mm. So I'm happy in that respect. But he's probably like killed me in classic from not picking him up where I think every other coach around me has. Stewie Jew loves the rat now, apparently. And I can't see him going away. And he just keeps getting it done fantasy-wise out of defence. I think he's gone at... Oh, he's gone at ninety percent in the think last two games or so, but the the kicks haven't been like really like breathtaking. No, They've just not been damaging, chipping around, not and stuff super like that. damaging. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't know. What do you make of the whole rat situation? <laughs> well, there would have been a few, probably not heaps, but a few that probably forgot about him once he yeah. left the crows, uh, because he really hasn't been given a crack at the Suns. It's probably a bit harsh because um, he was good at the crows, but. Good in a good side, yeah. if you get what I mean. Like, um, yeah, he was there when they were making grand yeah, finals. He was, and stuff, and yeah, he was. He's more of a um, cream on top type player, yeah. um, which is fair enough. He's very outside, but um, he's getting it done at the moment, which is really good to see, to be honest. Yeah. Because um, I, I loved him when, he was, when we were up and about, the Crows. But, um, yeah, it's good to see him suddenly getting like seemingly pretty randomly, just, yeah, just, just getting a good run in the side. I'll uh, ask you the same question I asked Jake last week. Does he hold his spot? Does he hold it through to the buyers at least? Oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think he I does. Think he I does. can't see him going away now, which is annoying me. But anyway, we've got him in the uh, got him in the keeper league, so that's what it's all about, really. Um, all right, Charlie Ballard uh, had 75 points. He takes uh, lots of marks in defence. I don't know what it is about him because he doesn't look like the most imposing figure back there as like one of your taller defenders, but he, it always just seems to fall on his lap. Like, or he would just like time it so much better than his opposition or just yeah. wrong foot him. He reads, he reads the ball really, yeah. really well. It's nuts. Um, you so, know, it's weird. As a junior, he used to play everywhere, but he had a growth, massive growth spurt in his draft year. Yeah. So he used to play on the wing and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and as a, as a tall forward. Um, but then, yeah. yeah, obviously after his growth spurt, played started playing key position, um, but didn't really lose any of his skills. Um, and yeah, now he's playing key defense in... Um, and playing really, really well yeah. in AFL level. And, you know, he's one of their most important players. He'd be one of their first picked. Yeah, ex- absolutely. And he's the type of player that can easily take 10 marks a game, you know. And any key defender that takes 10 marks a game, as we established Relevant. last year on yep. the podcast, yep. generally scores pretty well. Yep. So, yeah, he's one to start thinking about. That has never really crossed my mind before. But, yeah, Charlie Ballard, good on you. Um, yeah, taking a lot of marks in defence. Jai Caldwell moving on to Dreamtime the G. I didn't actually watch this one. I watched the Q Clash because I figured that everyone else would be watching Dreamtime with the G. So I actually took one for the team and watched the other one. Well, someone someone yeah, had yeah. to watch that game. Yeah, I had to watch the Q Clash. <laughs> wasn't too bad, honestly. Like you know, yeah, it's you know, one of the better Q Clashes, yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you watch the Dreamtime? I did. Yeah, yeah cool. So what did you make of Jai Caldwell's game? Yeah, it was great. Look, um, it's really good to see him, such a guy with such talent, um, really starting to put it all together. And um, you know, I think Essendon really needed guys like him to to step up and take some of the load off the guys like Merritt and Parrish and whatnot. Yeah. Him and Setterfield have done a really good job at that. Um, but he just needs, yeah, and we've got it here. He just needs to, he just needs a, a consistent run at it without injuries. Yeah, we spoke about him last problem. time. Yeah, I think actually last time you were on, you said. I think he's he just, said he just needs someone to get injured so yeah. he can get a good run at it. And now it's happened. Like Paris, Setterfield, Shield, all out. Yeah. So he's finally getting that run. But I think it's just kind of like a wave that you've got to ride because those guys are going to come back I, I reckon he will be a really good good piece in the long term. Yeah. Um, it's just playing a bit of a waiting game right now, to be honest. Yeah. Which kind is a bit of, unfortunate for him. Yeah. There's a few of them like that at Essendon. But yeah, like he's got forward status at the moment. So that makes him extra valuable. And over the next probably four five weeks while these injuries are happening, um, well, particularly Setterfield, and I don't know how long it's going to take. For sh- I don't even know if Shield should be in their best 22 at the moment anyway. I don't really well, know. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's playing well. I guess. I haven't watched Essendon that much, but I feel like there's just one too many midfielders in there anyway, and he's probably the next one to drop out. That's all. Um, but, yeah, ride the Caldwell wave while it lasts because, yeah, 
given a, he's got four stars, should be pretty handy. Uh, ben Hobbs, very much talked about in the fantasy world this week, uh, thanks to the Warn Dog. Um, really spruked him last week and didn't pick him up, as we found out today on the podcast. But luckily, Calvin did, so someone's flying the flag for him. But uh, yeah, 92 points. Um, also saw a bump with the outs. So last week, we saw, I think, an 80-plus score with zero CBAs. Got that CBA bump this week with their run out and um, scored pretty well. Essendon got the win. I think there's no doubts that this kid's going to be a gun, yeah? Yeah, oh, absolutely not. The way he's scoring in, in this role, wait till he gets his, wait, wait till he plays in his, his well, role he was drafted in yeah. as an inside mid. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But he just looks like com- confident out there. You know, just yeah, takes he takes the ball, like all that. So, yeah, going to be a gun, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think, uh, he's going to be a gun, absolutely. No doubt about it. Starting to see it come into fruition now as well. Um, just uh, just a disclaimer, there's, yeah, I think I mentioned this before. There's just a lot of points for those kind of rebounding def- running defenders um, in this, this game. So against Richmond, that's McGrath had 117, Redmond had 107, Hepworth had 92, Hind at 84. So, yeah, just mentioned before when we were talking about Dylan Williams, they play Port this weekend. So could be a few uh, points in Port's defence because, yeah, kind of like the St Kilda bump. Maybe monitor that one. This might be a similar thing when it comes to playing Richmond. Uh, speaking of Richmond players, uh, Jack Ross had 103 points. Um, been more of an outside type or just kind of chucked on the wing a bit more, but played a bit more time in the middle and the, the inside this week. And I guess that probably coincides with Hopper being out for four to six weeks. So yeah. do you think this is another Absolutely. wave you can kind of ride? Yeah, I think so. For the time being, four to six weeks, I reckon, yeah, he's going to be given a crack in, inside. Um, and has proven he can score pretty well in there. Um, yeah, I'd be having a pun on him if I, if, if you need a short-term option. Don't know about long-term, but yeah. Well, Hopper's um, out at least. Have you heard the big news this week, tonight? Oh, I haven't. Damien Hardwick retired or, you know, left the job. Has he? Yeah, tomorrow he's going to announce his, um, I guess, retirement really? or stepping down from the coach. Well, that's huge. So that could throw in a few things like, you know, um, Jack Ross, Maybe potentially getting some more midfield time, whatever, trying a few different things with a. Jeez, we're breaking news on the pod now. Oh, well, I think it's all over Twitter already. Yeah, right. So, yeah, you well, probably just drive it. Yeah, yeah, when I came here. So, yeah, no, it only just came out. So, um, yeah, no, it's a bit sad for Richmond supporters. But, uh, well, it'll be, it's an end of an era. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And it's kind of a signifying that there might be some change or some things might be done differently. So, he's probably one yeah, to watch. Look for those type of guys. Yeah, yeah maybe a um, bit of a role change. Maybe a Thompson Dow as well. They might get a bit of a run. Those I don't sorts know. of guys, absolutely. Yeah, who knows? Although, yeah, are, are Richmond out of it? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, so they might actually start trying a few different things. Yeah, they are, I think. Moving on to the West Coast uh, versus Hawthorne game. I I watched the replay of this. I subjected myself to this. That's a good effort. Now, that's dedication. That said, like, I don't know. I didn't pay heaps of attention to it because it was boring as batshit, but I actually sat down and, yeah, chucked the replay on from this. Um, so I've got a disclaimer, and this is breaking news. West Coast, West Coast suck. They are, they are awful. <laughs> so, and like, you, there's like, I guess there's a question about later in the from one of the listeners about some scoring trends and stuff like that. And it's not always the bad teams that are the easiest to score against in fantasy as a whole. But for West Coast, like, they're giving up a lot of points to midfielders. So, and, and I think the probably next score exemplifies this. Connor Nash had 130 points. So, I've been spreading Connor Nash probably for the last four weeks hard, but I didn't, I didn't even see this. Did you? Well. Oh, no, yeah, no, I haven't. Um, but yeah, yeah, West Coast and oh, jeez, they, yeah, it's probably not great for the comp this game to be honest. To have your 18th side getting beaten by uh, 100 points, you know, it's, it's not not a great look, and especially when you consider we're going to be adding another side in there. Yeah, it's a little, um, d- yeah, it's probably not great, look, but <laughs> it's great for Connor Nash. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he had, well, he this was his game where he had. All right, let me restart. He hasn't had under 25 disposals since round four, so I thought that was a pretty cool stat. But looking at his, like, kick-to-handball ratio, it's been, like, you know, four kicks, 21 handballs type thing. Um, but, yeah, this was his first positive kick-to-handball ratio game that he's played this season, and this is what he spits out when he does that. So, and the thing is, like, I know he's, like, a big fella, and he's kind of, like, more of that ex- extractor mold, but when you look at him, like, He's a pretty powerful dude. Like, he's 190... What did you say? 197 centimetres. bigger than Paddy Cripps. Yeah, massive. And, like, can get on the... Can put the jets on. Can get moving. And now, his kick's not terrible either. Like, it's not fantastic. It's not a bad kick. But it's not that bad it's either. He's a so big dude. If though. he can start using it by a foot a bit more... Like, he's already averaging 80 with a slow start to the season um, being used in tagging roles. But, yeah, he's very, very close to too good for the podcast right now. So. He can definitely find the ball. Is it... Sort of a bit of a shovel, just do gets in there and, and handles it out. But it's good to see him kicking it. Do Hawthorne have like too many of these types, like Newcomb, um, Warple, Nash? 
Is there going to be hard? To, and then even like Will Day kind of is a bit of a different type to those guys, but still is a good clearance player. Yeah, I think Newcomb's a little bit different to them. I think actually this year he's been really good getting a bit of more outside ball. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a bit more damaging than Warple and Nash, but yeah. I don't think you can play Warple and Nash. Ideally, I don't think they're in the same side. Yeah, I think they're going to keep playing the same side because there's no other cattle. But yeah. Well, when you get beaten in size by 100 points. Yeah. Yeah, true. true. Albeit it's West Coast. True. Um, all right, moving on to the uh, next player. That's Mitch Lewis. Um, he scored more than West Coast. The whole side did. So a guy in the you know bottom place side or whatever just outscoring. I think Sir Swamp Thing put out a stat that was like it's the first time since '95 or something that the team. A player from the, on the bottom of the ladder has outscored their opposition type thing. It's pretty damning, but, yeah. but Mitch Lewis is a star. He's um he is a gun. He's yeah, since returning from injury. He isn't Mr. Bait. Yeah. Um it's been really good. So Yeah. I, I agree. I just I just don't know how often he's gonna kick bags of six in this season. And, he, and so. he's gonna rely on his goals. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, definitely one for the future. He will be a kind of I think he's one of those seventy plus averaging key forwards when he gets up and going and, get, you know, matures and all that sort of stuff. Um, oh, another one of the rookies to get you excited, Josh Weddle, 104 points. Um, Hawks controlled the footy pretty much all day, so it allowed him to, like, get involved in a bit of mark, kick, chip around. But Weddle just really did what he wanted. Like, he just kept running up the ground, got forward early, kicked a couple goals. Like, yeah, he was had a pretty good game. Yeah, and he can do that because he can play anywhere. Yeah. Like, the thing with him is he's he played everywhere in junior footy. Um, Wayne, inside mid. Um, half bat, half forward. Was he kind of drafted as like with a keep back in mind? Is that can right? play keep? Like yeah. can he's sort of that. Yeah, it's probably a but more uh, of a hybrid. Yeah, more yeah. of a hybrid. I think. Yeah. Um, and his athleticism lends itself to roles probably further up the ground. Like he's, yeah, um, he's a really good athlete and a good kick. Um, it's great to see him. You know, it's great to see him pushing forward and kicking a couple of goals as well. But um, you know, I think he's a real talent. Real talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Where whether he fits in where he fits in long term, I'm not I'm not sure. They probably don't even know. Yeah, that's it. There seems to be a few kind of players of this type. I think, you know, Granger Brass is kind of pretty kind of a similar player. Yeah. I prefer Weddle over him though at the moment. Yeah, Weddle's Weddle's probably probably a lot more mobile than and yeah. Granger Brass. You might see Granger go back to West Coast or something at the uh next year. Well he's he's out of favour and he's such a high yeah. draft pick, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit disappointing. Anyways, um probably not that fantasy relevant anyway. But um Lockie Bramble moving on. Uh ninety six points. Just he's always shown signs when he actually gets a run, he can be a good fantasy scorer. So it's just good to see him get him, you know, running down with this. Like again, disclaimer, West Coast suck. Don't expect this many good scores from Hawthorne players, but Bramble's another one that coaches out there that own him would be pretty happy to see. Um, I guess another uh, flag is um, Lloyd Meek had 95 points, but Reeves got subbed out again with the ice on that ankle. I think it might have been precautionary, but yeah, um, just note that if there is going to be a sole Ruckman in Hawthorne, they generally score pretty well this year. It's just when they have to split the time, they both usually suck. So yeah, if say if uh, Reeves um, goes out again this week with that ankle, just maybe stream Lloyd Meek in your sides because there's quite a few people out there that have them handcuffed I think so that's probably a play uh, Cam McKenzie 94 points got it done uh, forward got a few CBAs as well kicked a couple goals you, you're on top of this guy you think he's going to be a gun yeah love him you know he's going to be a, a midfielder in time and um, but yeah shows he can do it in a different um, couple of roles as well but yeah he's going to be him and him and Day and Weddle and guys like that Connor McDonald I think will push up into a midfield uh, or at least a high half forward that pushes up in time. But those sort of guys, are, they're the future of the Hawks. And, um, you know, McKenzie's a high draft pick for a reason. Connor McDonald was the sub and only played 40% time on ground and scored 74 points. So that just gives us a bit of an idea of his fantasy scoring power when he can put things together and have a shit opposition. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm quite bullish on him, actually. I really I really like him as a player. I it's think gonna, a lot of people are. Good. We just haven't seen him in a friendly role this year. Um, but when he gets everything together, he's going to be a gun. And Seamus Mitchell has been awesome this year as well. 85 points just coming off halfback. He's put a few good games together now. So what's his story? Where did he come from? Um, I actually don't know. Yeah, uh, this no. is one of the few players I, I, I'm not 100% sold on. Uh, so, sorry, sure. sort of haven't really yeah. seen him. Um, but <clears throat> he's definitely coming into the league. He definitely had wraps on his, his kicking. Yeah. I think that was the thing about him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, obviously putting a couple of good games together now. Um, In their best 22 by the sounds, so... Well, he is. Yeah, I yeah. think Mitchell. He's obviously a favourite of Sam Mitchell, and probably yeah. fits the what they the way they it's want to play. Son, is it? They got the same son. It's not his son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on to some uh, West Coast players. Um, Dom Sheed, 139 points. Again, this is what we wanted round one in all our classic teams. But um, yeah, I was oh, I, on Hatchat. I threw him out there, and Hatchat boys were like, "Nah, 
not a good pickup. But um, yeah, if for those who didn't weren't aware, I was on the Hat Chat show last week for the first time. But yeah, I threw him out there as a name. I kind of wish I went there in classic now because um, given his price and everything, uh, yeah, and I think he's got a low break even this week as well. So one to think about. But yeah, one of the few shining lights out of the West Coast players, kind of getting away from fantasy again, like. To have any currency, is he the type of player that you think West Coast should be trading? Has he got currency? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't, I couldn't tell you who would want him specifically. Yeah, um, it's a bit hard, but they just got yeah, nothing they, to like. They've to got trade to get rid of these. Unfortunately, you know, they, they're going to have to get rid of guys like him. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Um, because they just they just need they need young players. Yeah, like maybe you, know, you could probably trade McGovern if he's ever going to get his body right. And but the trouble is they've signed him up for you know years. Yeah, and years, so that con- yeah, that was silly, yeah. wasn't it? Well, they signed all these guys up when they were flying. And, yeah, you know they're paying for it now a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I, I think. They're going to have to really sit down and it's probably going to be more than just Sheik they're going to have to look at. Yeah. Um, it's just what they're going to have to do. I'm just West trying to think of any player that has currency and probably he's well, one of like two or three. Yeah, it's weird that, I don't know, they've just gone nowhere and they've got nothing to like cash in on, which sucks a bit. At least, yeah. you know, Hawthorne could have, yeah. you know, Tom Mitchell last year and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, they're going to be down the bottom for a long time. I, I think. think so as well. Um, well. Speaking of keep going with the West Coast players, um, Bailey Williams had 104 points, but yeah, it was a it was a weaker ruck matchup, but good to see him do it with Callum Jamison in the side. So some, a shining light there, I guess, for some owners. Jake Waterman's having a very good season, 84 points. He f- just floats back when they need him to and takes a few marks, uh, especially when they're getting belted. So he goes all right. And um, one flag is... Jack Petricelli got some midfield time, so he needed 81 points as a result. So watch that one considering he's a forward, but again, bottom versus second to bottom. Not sure how much we can actually take about this game, given even though we just talked about it probably for five minutes. But yeah, very weird game, that's for sure. Uh, moving on to the uh, Collingwood-Carlton game on the Sunday. Uh, Darcy Moore is the first player I want to talk about. He had 110 points and he's had a good month. Uh, you know, can take an intercept grab, takes kick-ins. Do you think he's rosterable at the moment? He's, he's probably one of the most informed players in the comp. Yeah. He absolutely dominated on Sunday. Like, Does it last? just kept kicking it to him. Um, don't know at that level it lasts, yeah. but he's, he's certainly in a rich vein of form. Like yeah. He, the way he intercepts the ball, he's as good as anyone. So yeah. um, And he does take kick-ins, which is handy. Him and Dacos sort of split it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, he's such a good player. So good to watch. I really enjoy watching him. Yeah, and he's their captain as well, so he kind of gets a bit of a run of things back there as well. So yeah, Darcy Moore is an option. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate taking him off the waivers at the moment if you needed a, another defender. Um, the Darcy Cameron, Mason Cox was a big watch for the weekend. Um, both had very low time on ground though, by the looks. Uh, yeah, you watched this game. What what did you make of that ruck split? What do you think it looked like? Um, Who was number one? Well, it looked like Coxie did a fair bit of it, um, yeah. and Cox is in such good form at the moment. Like he's, yeah, you know, he's probably in. Oh, mate, it's a big call probably, but he's probably in the best form of his life. Collingwood have like these mediocre players that they just make look like kings. Like they're all amazing. And it, I mean, he's so he's so much bigger than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. He just monsters them. Um, but yeah, in the ruck, I think he looks all, he looks all right. He's obviously very different to Darcy Cameron. He gives him, um, you know, he's, he's a fair bit taller. And Darcy Cameron's obviously a bit better at ground level. But yeah. um, I think he was going to start. He was going to start as a sub in this game. I think Darcy Cameron. But yeah, and then it was late in late yeah. change. So yeah. um, I think uh, who, who went? Ginevan went out. Ginevan went out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think just working Darcy Cameron back into the side. I think. To be honest, he's a better ruckman than Mason Cox. Oh but, yeah, but um, you know, Cox is, is he's in some serious form at the moment. Yeah, he can and play he's definitely too. in their best twenty-two. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, moving on to the last game of the round, GWS versus uh, St Kilda. Always going to be a decent game for fantasy. Um, first one I talk about is Brent Daniels. He's always been a favourite of this podcast. He's more of a forward, but he works really high up the ground and kind of works on the way back as well like in that link-up style play that GWS play. Um, almost like an extra midfielder at times, really. I think he's just a good waiver pickup as a stream hole, streamer loophole, <laughs> a stream hole, <laughs> a streamer slash loophole option at times. What do you think of Brent Daniels? Yeah, I really like him. He's one of my favourite players from the yeah. Giants, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, high, high half-forward role. Works super hard, not blessed with height, but yeah, um, no, definitely not. But really, it works bloody hard up the ground, um, and yeah, he gets himself involved. Then can also run back and kick a snag as well. But um, yeah, I, I actually really like him as a player, and he's, he can find the ball, so that's always going to be handy. Not going to be a too good for the podcast player anytime soon, but yeah, no, handy. it's a ways off still. Handy. But yeah, no, handy. Um, Kieran Briggs had eighty four points with. All right, so the commentary said Flynn was rested, and I was like, okay, fair enough. But then I looked at the team sheet, it said omitted, and he played VFL. So I think the commentary team got that one wrong. Um, Flynn hasn't been awful, but anyway, 
Kieran Briggs was okay in the ruck in this game and did some really nice things up forward as well. Had a nice snap um, up forward, something that I didn't think the big man could actually do. Might hold his spot as well with uh, Himmelberg suffering a bit of an elbow to the head. I think concussion with that. Yeah, he's got he's got concussion. Yeah, but yeah I think he stays in the side. Yeah, same. So I don't know. It might be bad news for Flynn owners, or if they play him in tandem, then it's definitely bad news for Flynn owners as well because they'll split that scoring. But just have a look if he's a solo ruck, it could be worth a pick up. Um, I think the news is Bruce is out for an. He's, it was due to be back like any like any week now. And then I think he's re-injured himself again or done something again. So, Bruce yeah. is going to be out for a long time again as well. So You can't catch a break really, can nah, you? Nah, yeah. And owners of him in fantasy don't, you know, can't catch a break either. So, you're going to need either Briggs and you're going to need Flynn to handcuff to. So, not a situation I'd like to be in at the moment. Uh, and the only player I've got here for St Kilda that isn't already too good for the podcast is Max King. But he returned and he was instrumental in the win, win, in the win really. Had 83 points, kicked four goals. Um, yeah, just good to see him back playing. Uh, I think he's going to be another one of those key forwards that can be a handy 75, kind of almost to the 80 mark, just given that they're going to kick a few goals each week. Yeah, he's going to kick a couple of goals each week, um, as you say. And yeah, it's it's good to see him back, to be honest. The Saints are going to be better for it. Yeah, he's going to be. If he can just stay fit and stay in the park, he's going to be a generational talent. So yeah, good to see it. Good to see signs in this game again. Anyways, that's uh, the end of the most relevant players of the week. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, though, um, please sign up as a member and uh, yeah, keep this thing going from week to week. Um, in return for your support, we'll give you back uh, our CBA analysis numbers, kick numbers um, all the state league fantasy scores in a nice organized kind of table and um, yeah the breakout tracker as well which lets you compare younger players to the best players in the comp at the same point in their careers to see if they're going to break out as well so uh, a few gold members to read out um, let's thank Grant Pine uh, Brody Jared uh, Caroline Taylor uh, Aaron Colley uh, Curtis Stark Glenn Roebuck Mitchell Hancock Michael McKenna, Ben Downey, and the one and only Mark Cosgrove. I was reading through this and I was wondering, <laughs> is that is that the man himself? Yeah. I think it is. Well, Tommy, I was wondering if you're old enough to know who Mark Cosgrove is. I know, was. I know Cosgrove. <laughs> just, 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 I reckon. <laughs> For those who don't follow state cricket, Mark Cosgrove is a bit of a uh, a state Redbacks, a state a South Australian Redback state cricket legend. Um, big fella that could hit the ball around probably in the 2000s, I think it was. Maybe, yeah, maybe absolutely. Late, yeah, 2010, early still, 2010. I think he's still going somewhere. I think he's playing up at Northern the Northern District yeah, or Northern something districts, like that. Yeah, got a few mates that, we well, did have a few mates that played up there as well. So, yeah, the one and only Mark Cosgrove. So yeah, thanks Thank, for signing thanks, up, Cosy. Yeah, I think it is the the, yeah, the Mark Cosgrove as well. So yeah, nice to see his name on the list there. But yeah, thanks for those gold members. But yeah, if you can't sign up as a member, all good. Um, other ways to show your support. Probably need some uh, podcast reviews on the old Apple platform actually. So if you want to show your support there and just jump on and say a few nice things, give us some five star rating. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, yeah, just to follow the YouTube channel would probably help as well. Trying to get numbers up there, and then you also get notified notified of my live streams on Wednesday night too. So. So everyone wins, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, on to the hot topics and the listener questions uh, sent in by our members and also some of our listeners. Um, first one comes from Josh Gallo. He's wondering, will Lockie Jones ever be relevant? Uh, I see glimpses of him being a great player, but concerned with the injuries. What are your thoughts on Lockie Jones? Um, oh, he's got he's got a real blend of nice skills. Like he's a he's a decent kick. Um, really tough, powerful, quite actually, and he's quick, quite explosive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's really quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's tools there, but I just don't, I just don't see him becoming a, a you know a consistent player. Um, and I don't think he can be relevant consistently. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, like he's not on the injury list at the moment for Port unless he's got injured this week. I'm just trying to look up how he's going at the uh, the Sandful level. But uh, hold on, Lachlan Jones. It's, it's frust- it must be frustrating for him because he he does he was always he's always been such a man child sort of thing. Yeah, um, he's not lining up at the sample level either. He's only averaging fifty five down nah, there. No, well. I don't think he's ever really been a big scorer. Nah, that's it's not really his game. Yeah, um, yeah. Even like more when he was impact. playing at yeah Woodville West Torrens, he was more of a kind of lockdown that could yeah. kind of run off his man a bit when he needed to. But yeah, yeah I think it's just more impact per possession than than. Than weighted numbers, yeah, um, which probably doesn't make him super relevant. Yeah, not yet. Anyway, you can, he's behind a lot of players as well. He's so. still young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So give him some time, but uh, he might be a stash option. Um, yeah, I don't see it happening this year anyway. Um, at Fred and Terry one, who would you be picking up off the waivers? Sam Berry or Will Snelling? As a Crows man, would you be going near Sam Berry at the moment? Um, 
Oh, at the start of the season, I would have said yes because yeah. I reckon he would have been firmly best twenty-two. Uh, but I, I don't think he is anymore. To be quite honest, I think we look better when we have a bit more polish yeah. in there. Yep. I'd rather I'd rather it. give minutes to the likes of um, Pedlo, Rochelle, yep. Rankin, Saligo, yeah, um, than someone with like Berry. Um, I was surprised to see him coming as a sub actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Snelling, but um, Snelling for this season. I don't know, like, could he kind of take Laird's role in the midfield yeah. eventually? Yeah, Laird's not getting any younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he can. That's probably the logical yeah. um, option there. But, um, yeah, and when he is in there, he's obviously tackling based. Yeah. Um, so, he can score well. What was Laird game like? Was it that kind of, because it was in Ballarat, was it that kind of, like, stoppage kind of tackle after yeah, tackle type thing? Or was it, it? it was. Um, but the midfield got absolutely annihilated. Yeah, like, yeah. like, Bailey Smith had probably one of the best games I've ever seen. It might be the best game I've seen him play yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was unbelievable. I'd go selling short term, very long term. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Major Van Bam, uh, has Darcy Moore become a waiver? I think we established that in the show. Yeah, I think he I has. Think he's so. a decent option. Yeah, I'd pick him up. Just you know, especially if you've got a deep list, have him sitting there. Could be a handy streamer option, even a loophole option, uh, depending on when they play. But yeah, um, at Russ uh, wants to know how are Walsh and Short uh, going to get. DP, DPP. So, have a look at this. So, Short's only 25% CBAs over the past five weeks. Did pick that up in the last few rounds, I believe, but I think by the time it gets here, I think there's only one more week of calculations. He'd have to go like very, very large to get it up um, into to a range where he's not starting somewhere else. Um, Walsh has only, Walsh has had 51% of the CBAs over the past five. So, I think he will get there, but I think it's not going to be as much of a shoe in as people. Um, thought it was and if he again it's only one more week so to get up to 50% he would have to have a lot of midfield time this week um, so I think he might get there but I think it might be one of those lucky ones where by the end of the to- end of the season he's not playing that much forward time but you've just got a player sitting there with forward status might be one that loses it next year as well yeah and it'll be interesting with um, with Richmond where they sort of with the new coach I'm not sure who's going to take over but um where they play short because they have trialled him in the midfield before. Um, I really like him off half back, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he slots in. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next question, um, at Nathan Byrne um, wants to know who are some of the best players to target for teams going all in this year? My answer to that really is just get old players that uh, you can get under their scoring value, if that makes sense. So like if the person who owns Zeeble is down the bottom of the ladder, like they might be kind of willing to sell him you know, for a good rookie or something like that, that's not scoring well at the moment. Um, you know, someone like a, a Jai Clark or something like that who's probably not going to get a run, you might be able to make that trade happen. Um, Daniel Rich is another one who's probably undervalued just given the injuries and his average doesn't look great, but when he has a full um, injury-free game, he generally scores around that 90 to 100 mark around there. Um, Pendlebury, another one that's probably on the, you know, if they win a flag this year, he's probably done. Um, do you reckon Pendles might retire if they go close? Um, or if they get there? I don't reckon. I reckon he's got another year left in him. Yeah, okay. Could, could yeah. he break Boomer Harvey's record? Yeah, he could do. He's I reckon still he could. playing like an absolute gun, oh. so he doesn't, yeah, he probably should actually. He's playing as well as anyone at, at this game's level yeah, has fair. ever played. Yeah, so that's fair. Probably the best. Um, so, yeah, players like Isaac Smith, probably another one, Mitch Duncan, those types. Aaron Hall, actually, for the retirement game. So, I reckon they might just gonna roll him out. They're going to feed him the ball yeah. and he's going to get 55 kicks. They'll roll him out in round 24 and they'll just give him the ball on string. So, pick him up just and play, wait for him to play round 24 if you're going to make the grand final because he'll win you that game. He'll win you that Norm Smith. He will, actually. He'll yeah. come, he'll come, in his last game, he'll have, yeah. you know, he'll just take take the mickey out of it and, yeah. you know, yeah. they will feed him the yeah, ball. absolutely. He'll take every kick in. So, yeah, retirement game for Aaron Hall. Get on board. Um, Arnim Mikey wants to know, uh, so Carl Amon had a small spike in CBAs this week um, and had a big last quarter on the back of the extra time on ball. Is he a potential trade option? Um, we've seen him average 95 with 25% CBAs. I'm um, talking about, I guess, his time at Port Adelaide. To be honest, like, at Port Adelaide, yes, he did get some centre bounce attendances, but he went big in games where he wasn't getting centre bounces as well. Port played a way more fantasy-friendly role um, for wingers anyway, um, and we've seen that change this year because the wingers actually aren't scoring that well at Port this year. But, um, yeah, I do, th- like, so while, like, we say we've, you've seen the past and it could, you know, it should equate to this, um, it that wasn't necessarily the case at Port. But that said, I think if he is playing more inside time at Hawthorne, he should score better because their wings are just always in no man's land. Um, if you look at Harry Morrison as well, he's like not scoring as well as he was in previous times as well. Um, but yeah, I 
I just don't see him getting that much midfield time. Like, again, we've talked about Will Day's kind of moved into their number one midfielder. We've got Warfall. We've got Nash who's playing really well. We've got Newcomb Yeah, in there. there's a bit of a log jam in yeah, there. It just feels like kids. you can't play everyone in the midfield. Yeah. There's only so many CBAs to yeah. get through. But I think it's um, probably more of a we're 100 points up. Let's just have a play around with some yep. things and try some stuff. So, yeah, I, I, do, I do own Eamon and he's been really disappointing this year. And, like, I was, I turned the game off. Um, uh, so, just before the end, I was watching the replay. But, yeah, on the... On the day, I just he was in no man's land. Then I looked at the score after the game; he had ninety points. So, yeah, it was pretty um pretty nuts. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I just don't see if it's uh, going to be happening long term. Um, at JB wants to know an analysis of scoring by teams playing against West Coast and North Melbourne would be awesome. Um, I've got this spreadsheet that calculates the last three weeks, and um, North Melbourne aren't that easy to really score against as a whole. Like a few of the top like scorers go good against them, but given that we're playing keep leagues and we roll pretty deep, North are a very much middle of the road team to score against. They're not not easy, not hard really. Um, they are hard. That well, they're, they're more hard for midfielders. So midfielders actually aren't scoring that well against North. I don't know if, whether they're rolling out tags and things like that. That kind of stifles the scoring a bit. But as a whole. Yeah, North aren't the best aren't the best team to stream your midfielders against. West Coast, on the other hand, they're the easiest team for midfielders by a mile at the moment. So definitely play uh, midfield against West Coast, and forwards really score well against them in fantasy too. So that's some trends. Other than that, like it's they're still kind of middle of the road. Um, yeah, I don't know whether you know Gold Coast for example last week they didn't score that well against, so maybe the teams take the foot off the gas a little bit because they're trying to work it out. Yeah, things like that can happen. I don't know. Uh, last question of the night comes from Just Mitchell. Um, can we drop Taylor Adams and Kitty Coleman yet? What would you be doing? Would well, you drop Taylor Adams? Oh, Adams just isn't getting that. He's just not no, putting up not the numbers the this year. Yeah. Um, and Mitch, it's Mitchell. Tom Mitchell has really hurt him there. Yeah. Um, to be honest, he's, he's just not getting the weight of numbers that he used to. And um, yeah, Kitty Coleman, I love. But um, yeah, uh, would you say he's, he's injured this? Yeah, didn't have hamstring again, so I think okay. he's out again. So I'll be holding Kitty Coleman. Um, I like Coleman, but I think Adams. Yeah. I don't. I can't see it being unless you know someone like Mitchell gets injured or something yeah. like that, and the role opens back up in the yeah. midfield. I just if, don't. Yeah, don't see him. Scoring if you're well. not contending for the flag, Taylor Adams is the type of guy you drop if there's a guy you really like on the waivers because I reckon his fantasy days are done and dusted. Yeah, Kitty Coleman's still got plenty of time though. So Adams is 29 now, and yeah. you know Mitchell's a bit younger than that. So um, yeah, the 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 run's on the wall. I don't think you you know there's only probably only got a couple of years left. So yeah, but Coleman it, it'll be it'll be good for a while. Now. Yeah, he's got a lot of time, and Rich will probably retire at the end of the year as well, so that should be good for him there too. All right, that uh, wraps it up. Uh, thanks heaps, Tommy, for coming on the show, driving all the way from the uh, the Victor Hall. No problem, it's always a pleasure. No, it's good. Anything you want to plug at the moment? Or? Not really. No, all right. no, no not especially not my team. <laughs> That's for sure, all right. Fair enough. Uh, we won't dive into that too much. Um, well, you can get around us uh, on at Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Also, get around our sponsors, uh, Game Day Squad. And if you want to support the podcast, please sign up as a member. Anyways, that'll do us for another week. Thanks once again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.